There's a girl on the street in a trash bag dress. There's a baby in her belly and milk in her breast. And I'm crossing the street 'cause she's acting so wild. But she used to be me, and she's somebody's child. Hello. Hi, Judith. It's, Hi. I am so I, I'm so sorry to get a chance to meet you last night, and my husband did. And I have this horrific cold now because of him. So my apologies. Oh no! <laughs> Listen, all I can say to you is is that you are in fact um, a saint for not coming over to me with a cold. That's right. I, I don't think everybody that ever comes up to me and goes, you know, gives me the old flipping hug tongues a lot, and then they say, oh, I've got this terrible cold. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to kill you. I want to kill you now. So I, I really appreciate it hugely. Oh, thank you. I just want to tell you, you, you were like a stand-up comedian to me. Well, thank you. That is the point of it. I'm a stand-up singer-songwriter. So. You are. You, yeah. you missed your calling as a stand-up comedian, I think. Well, no, I didn't, because, this is, because I've got a new, I've got, I do something I believe that, that, that others don't, which is I manage... I, I, my whole thing has been since I was a kid is to have two, these th two things together. Like I, I want you to laugh. I want the audience. I want to be the butt of your of your enjoyment, and I want you to be relaxed and completely open, so that when I sing these songs, they go in. I felt that. Really go in. I felt that. I was I was a vessel for your for your for your comedy for sure. Yeah. Nothing feels better than. And people appreciating you for exactly who you are and what you do, you know, and the, the, the authentic you, and, and and it feels like right now, this is what's happening, and and the world is coming around to my way of, of thinking. And, I uh, I know. feel I feel so silly, Judith, but this was the first time I ever heard you utter a note, and I feel like I missed out because. I am I am like a new fan. I love, 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 love you. And where have you been all my life? Well, I, <laughs> where have you been? What's the point? I told you I was a bottomless pit of need. I um, the truth is I've been um, I've been working up to this moment. I know it sounds so corny to say that. I've been doing recording. Obviously, this is like my tenth or eleventh um, album. I've been doing this, you know, my whole life, but. I've also been, um, I've been getting well. I've been getting back to, I've, I've been getting me sorted. Mm. Um, never felt more comfortable in my own skin. I mean, I, I, I literally started, started doing music. I was, I was, you know, born into a very musical family. And my, as I explained last night, my father was an opera singer at Covent Garden. So my life was really quite remarkable, I realize now. I didn't at the time, because you just think it's your, your childhood. Right. Um, but spending time every other weekend at Covent Garden, dress rehearsals and, you know, meeting Pavarotti and Domingo as a kid and all this kind of stuff and having... I mean, it was really remarkable. It was remarkable. There's no other way to describe it. And at the same time having him be somebody that loved black music so much and loved jazz so much and R&B and gospel and everything else. It was just a real, really amazing uh, musical environment to grow up in and then having a good dose of depressive Welsh folk music that I was, you know, makes sense that right there in the middle. Um, but, uh, but at the same time that I had this, this, this musical... Uh, light in my life and joy and I knew um, from, from from the first day I think I always knew that I was 
obsessed with the piano and with with singing and I just wanted to write little songs on the piano that was my thing and and I wanted to do what my, I, I wanted to get the, the look on my face like my dad got that's what I knew right from a very early age is that the, when he sang and when he was performing there was something in his face that I just thought well that's what I want that's what I want uh-huh. and, it's, it, and it's absolutely indisputable it's just the joy of you know it's absolute joy when you when you do it oh absolutely yeah and you know, speaking of your Welsh background, yeah. some of my favorite crushers come from Wales, and that being Tom Jones, of course. How you can not love uh, Tom Jones, I just don't know, because the man is extraordinary. How do you know Tom Jones? I was... <laughs> but, um, no, I, I basically, I'm uh, Tom Jones I met um, just a few years ago because um, uh, my drummer at that time, Herman Matthews, was drumming in his band, and so I got to, to, to meet Tom, and Tom was absolutely, you know, there was a good Welsh connection there absolutely from the start and um and then he he wanted to cover one of my songs on on one of his records but his bloody stupid producer said nah, and chose something else which is which is which gutted me i have to say but what Tom, song Tom, was it, it it's called trip and tumble and it's uh of a collection that i did when i was back living in britain full-time uh, a few years just a few years ago uh off a record called some kind of comfort it, it, it really i'll get it to you. you you'll get why this makes sense for him mm. and um yeah, he's a fan. Tom's a fan, and, and I've been a fan of his. Of course. How could you not be? That voice, that bloody voice, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. There's a, a deep melancholy in, in amongst the Welsh, but it makes for good music, and it makes for very, very soulful singing. And, and singing is our thing, obviously. So I'm in this house with all this beautiful music around, but I'm also uh, uh, my mother, who's extraordinary and, and brilliant and was a huge... She was the Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, and everything else fan, so that was that's how I got all that in my in my brain but she struggled with uh, depression her whole life she was she had terrible mental illness and and ultimately it it it, it ended her life you know she she it, it killed her and, oh i'm sorry and that that's the reason i can i can sing and and my mother's the reason why i sing and that's absolutely the truth. Yeah, and I'm sure that um, having to deal with that sort of depression in your own life has sort of yeah. propelled you in yes. many ways. Yeah. Yes. So when so I say this not because it's like you know who you know it's all very I, I, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not I've never seen myself as being a you know a victim of anything or having any harder time than any other one of our any other poor human being on this planet who's struggling through and with all the things that we struggle with. But what I do know is that. My life, my journey was one of trying to get well, trying to get over what happened to my mother and, and the sense that I was responsible for it, as you always do when someone um, uh, kills themselves. And, and, when, and that feeling of, uh, of, of being responsible and not being, you know, why, why am I okay? And she, and she had that. And also mm-hmm. having her genetic makeup and having that depression myself meant that um, I had a real... I had a real um, fight on my hands. In some weird, ironic way, that was the, the greatest gift that I got from my mother was seeing how I would, what I, what I would turn into myself. And that you were able to turn your own life yep. around as a result of it. That's right. Absolutely. The music was the best form of self-medication I've ever had until I actually got real medication and found real help. <laughs> Coming to America, yeah. it's a true story, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper. So like, <laughs> but, I, but, but, but ultimately, truly, it was every record and every album, is, you can see how I'm doing, you can see how I'm growing, you can see how I'm getting well. 
Yeah. And it's therapy for you. It is therapy, and it and it, and it's therapy for me because that's what music's meant to me. And thank God now it's therapy for my audience. Now I want to talk to you about um, you. You had no problems with joking about your husband and yeah. you know telling little stories about him. Tell me how you guys met and who is he? Is he like a big macha famous person in the music? He's such a macha, and the very fact you say that makes me know that you will understand. My husband is a big macha. So he is a, such a mensch. My husband's called Harry Shearer, and he, oh my goodness, of yeah. course. He's he's mensch of mensch. I mean, he's a saint, quite frankly, for having put up with me all these years. He's a fecking saint because, I mean, I really came in damaged. You know, when he met me, I was so damaged and I was so depressed. And, uh, and there's one thing, but there was something I knew immediately, and that was I'd met someone who, who absolutely saw who I was underneath all of that. He saw immediately in my music, and he heard me singing, and we met when he was in London doing a uh, Spinal Tap special, special mm. at the end of 92. And, and he instantly saw who I was underneath my illness. Wow, so I, wow. Because he heard me, he heard my, my, me sing, and he saw clearly who I really was. And he's done everything in his, in his power all these years to support me and help get me out of that terrible place. I mean, he, that's who he is. And, and, and I would never have dreamt that I could ever have met anybody who was... Uh, very successful themselves and although he never sees himself that way of course because he again is an artist who just thinks he's spinning his wheels And but somebody who is so so supportive and never competitive and only wants me to shine and be in the spotlight I've never come across anything like this in my life he's his own cottage industry he's so amazing but he, he I'm I'm so I'm a very I'm very proud of, of who he is and, and what he does. Terribly proud. We're going to yeah. come see you with Brian Ferry because he's my other boyfriend. Yeah. Brian Ferry was like my teenage crush. Well, not only crush, but every single boyfriend that I had, I would play Brian Ferry to get them hot and bothered. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm admitting that right now. No, I don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. I, I think um, he is still, um, as you know, he, he's still this kind of uh, really elegant, handsome as heck bloke. I mean, he really is gorgeous. And he's still amazingly shy and, and retiring. He, he's the same guy. <sighs> you know, because my, my sister was crazy for Roxy Music. She absolutely loved Roxy Music. Yes. And How could so, you not? Yeah. And... and, and um, and, and but I, my my thing was Stevie Wonder, so I was a different person. Yeah, I was really, on, you had a yeah. crush on Stevie Wonder? Uh, musical crush. Okay. Musical crush. No, my actual crush. I can't even remember. My crushes have never really been physical ones. They've always been talent. Mm, mm, yeah. Different, yeah. I, I rarely get all you know, Looney Tuney. I, I, it's all about the talent. That's what gets me. But um, but then ending up, yeah, ending up. Uh, being on the road with, with, with Brian, then you absolutely have to. Obviously, you're going to have, you're going to have a two-foot experience in that case of, of um, your first crush and me. What was it about more than this that you wanted to cover it? Um, well, I, 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 it was literally being on the road with him a couple of years ago and talking about husbands and all the rest of it, really, and people, all the people you love in, in your life. Uh, I... I I was I was having a tough time on the road. Then you find yourself your back and in your room, and I, you know, I'm an over over emotional person. I'm, I'm just sort of like I get I get lonely, 
and because I am a lonely person, the place that the, this music comes from and the place that I that I sing from is, is that's who I am. So of course I get I get emotional, and so I found myself hearing this song every single every single night, hearing him sing it every night. Mm. And and although it's a, you know it's a romantic song, of course, but but to me, and I was so I miss my dog so much. You know, I mean that's the difference. It's like you can get my husband on a plane. But I can't get the dog on a plane over to Britain on tour. You know, that's not going to happen. So I'm missing my dog terribly. And at, my, at the time, my, my, my sister was over in, in America, and then I'm halfway across the world. You know, she lives in Ireland, and now I'm in Britain. She's in America. I so miss my sister. And I just thought, you know, this song, it said to me personally, it said... Those words, you know, more than this, there's nothing. It, it, it just, to me, meant that without, without the people you love, you know, without the people that mean that much to you, nothing, nothing means that. Nothing feels the same if you don't share it with them. More than this Well, there's nothing More than So tell me about your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Let's get on to the subject I really care about. Uh, before my dog is called Doris Day. No. Of course she is. I've got, I've got a dog called Doris Day. She's blonde, obviously. And because I love Doris Day. I love Doris Day. I won't hear a word against her. And um, I love Doris Day, yeah. Yeah. And we've got two cats. Wait, wait, wait. So what kind of dog is she? Mm. She's an American uh, yellow lab, and she's long, she's long and leggy, and oh, she's so beautiful. Okay, so, so that makes sense. She's a blonde. She's a blonde. Yeah. She has to be, and she's healthy. Like mm. So um, so then, of course, she learned to sing from, Doris, from Ella Fitzgerald. So, of course, we've got this gorgeous black cat, Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> now, Ella Fitzgerald's just got a new playmate who she hates uh, because he's taking all the attention away. We've got a new kitten, and he's Duke Ellington. I love it. So we have Doris, uh, Ella, and Duke. Yeah. My life is is about being on the road and, and making sure I, I have enough quality time with my dog. I'm not I'm not joking. No, I I, I hear you. They they just I I I believe they make us better better people. Better Absolutely. Oh, and I we know. Are, we are we are lost without them. I believe it. I'm lost without without my with my, my dog. I know, but I want to just um, finish up our little chat about your album because yeah. we could go on and on the two no, of us. I have a on. feeling. So the so the U.S. debut, as we're as we're calling this, is yeah. um, somebody's child. Yeah. And and when did you actually write the song "Somebody's Child"? Like how many years ago was it? Well, I wrote. They're all pretty much. Uh, I wrote them about a couple of years ago, and then. Um, was working them out on the road when I was touring the last record, Evan Evan Flow, and I was working on them then. Um, but you know, what's amazing to me right now is how um, how the meaning of all of so many of these songs has expanded with the particular time that we're living in right now. Oh yeah. And it it, sh it shocks me every time I sing them. 
they have a greater life to them and a greater depth to them than I could ever have imagined when I wrote them a couple of years ago. It's, it's astonishing to me. Uh, and songs like Ariane and uh, about, you know, like I said, I wrote it about seeing the Berlin Wall, but who would have imagined? This was long before any, any conversations about walls were being had, but it's clear it means the same thing. Yeah. It meant the same thing then, it means the same thing now. I've been traveling, I've been thinking By some faces, cruelest places That left the hopeful sinking And we all live with walls around us We must break the chains that bind us And Arian, why don't you wake up, wake up Why don't you visit home means all the things that it means and uh it's it's we've come this full circle all the way around to he, to being here again and uh, uh it, it's a very i mean it's a, it's a socially uh, aware album and in, and, in, and it's political in many ways but it's definitely the album where you know that i'm probably in my healthiest place and my and my most um aware place that I've ever been because I for the first time was able to look outside of myself from going from a being a purely confessional writer you know and the most important thing is yes to have people speak their minds and raise their voices and say how they're feeling and make a point but also to actually become um, empowered enough to, to, to make make change real change as in Thank goodness for music, huh? That we well, that we could escape. I think that my job and the job of of music is to let people give people permission to feel big, big things, and to face big things, to get difficult things across that you wouldn't normally allow into into your system, you know. But with music, it, it's so it's so natural. It's something we all understand. We just—it's just the most marvelous tool there is. It's the most marvelous thing in the world. Yeah, and like you said earlier about your music sort of coming full circle and yeah. making more sense now than it yeah. ever did. Yeah. I mean, that's healing, right? Right there. Totally right. healing. But you know, yeah. the most, uh, my job is still though is to make—I've still got to entertain you and make—and I've still got to write music and that you love to listen to, makes you feel good, or that you feel—you know—that you're drawn to. It's it's one of those things that just makes you feel feel like you're not alone and the, and the, and and that you're in a in a, a community a share it's a shared experience. I think that's what really is particularly special about it above all the other arts. And on that note, Miss Judith Owen. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't see the rainbow and it hasn't even rained. The stars shine long before the sun has set, and yet tomorrow. Just watch me
Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. To you. To you. 